There were export sales announced to China this morning. Again, more wheat, more beans, and maybe more corn. Weather in Brazil has turned erratic. More charges have been filed against the president's son. And USDA is still trying to figure out how to recover after fumbling on its ERP payment plan. Live from the final news lap of the week via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's a Friday for Reaper Hall. It's uh, panelists Sean Haney and Paul Neifer, the Farm CPA. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis, hey, buddy. thank you so much. How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. good. 52 good. degrees and medium cloudy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'd 45 degrees and kind of the same thing. Okay. It, yep. it, we don't have a lot of sun, but it's not dark and gloomy and gray. Right. So some thin clouds up there, thin mm-hmm. clouds up there, mm-hmm. uh, sending us into the weekend. You know, Weesmeyer might join us. We have no idea. We don't know. That's no, why I was a little flustered in the intro. Yeah, it's like I'm I so it. used to say Friday, <laughs> Weesmeyer. He's, right. I don't know. Right. Maybe, maybe not. I hope so. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what, he, <laughs> what he's got going. Uh, honestly, if he's in transit back and has an opportunity to call in, I'm sure that he will. Uh, so, but he'll he'll be back in uh, Washington later today. Dude, uh, here we are heading into a weekend. We've got a USDA report that we need to get through first. That comes out in little less than an hour at 11 mm-hmm. o'clock Central Time this morning. Uh, we'll get a couple of details on that and go through some of the expectations. Uh, but the expectations are so, uh, you know, benign. Uh, nobody is, is anticipating a major change on the domestic supply and demand balance sheets for corn, soybeans, wheat, or even cotton. So uh, not a lot of change expected there. That's why. This month, uh, my eyeballs are going to go straight to what's going on in South America. Are they making any adjustments to the Brazilian corn and soybean crop estimates? That's going to be the spot that I go first. All right. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's go ahead and get started. What you got in the news? Well, I've got another bevy of USDA daily export sales. 136,000 metric tons of beans to China, 23-24 marketing year. 110,000 metric tons of SRW wheat to China, 23-24. And 165,000 metric tons of corn to unknown destinations in the 23-24 marketing year. Hmm. Okay, so normally I would say don't count on that unknown destinations being to China. But, and, and, you know, on some of the, the corn sales that have been announced to unknown, I've made that comment. But in yesterday's weekly export sales report, there was the transfer from unknown to China mm-hmm. on corn sales. It put China at the top of the list of U.S. corn buyers in the weekend of November 30. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. That That's kind of a big deal. And, and here it is. I mean, I, you, there's no guarantee that this unknown sale is to China, but it certainly could be. Well, and Chip, have... Uh, Check my memory here, but in this last week, haven't we seen a number of traditional buyers? I'm talking Colombia, Mexico's been yeah. around in here to buy some some U.S. Uh, yes. some U.S. commodities. Yeah, yeah, and they're doing it in smaller tonnages than what have to be reported in the daily export sales reporting ah, process. There you go. So, but e- even South Korea, even South mm-hmm. Korea is sniffing around looking for some corn this week. I love it. Yes. Well, let's go to the National Weather Service uh, forecast here. Unsettled weather with excessive rainfall and heavy snowfall implications return to the Pacific Northwest this weekend. Severe thunderstorms and heavy rainfall spread from the Gulf Coast to the East Coast this weekend. Warm temperatures shift from the Mississippi Valley to the East Coast. And I debated whether or not I was going to bring this up, but let's let's talk about it. A multi-threat storm will traverse through the eastern half of the United States this weekend, unloading heavy rain and snow across several states. Powerful wind gusts could also knock out power and disrupt travel in busy cities as the adverse weather stretches more than 1,200 miles from the Gulf Coast all the way up to the Canadian border, eh? Yeah, keep an eye on the sky over on the east coast. It looks like it could be something wild this weekend. 
Well, Chip, USDA will not update its corn and soybean crop estimates in the crop production report at 11 a.m. Central Time today, though there will be a revised cotton production forecast. Any changes to domestic use in the supply and demand report will likely be limited. No, very limited, yes. In November, total employment in the United States increased by 199,000 jobs, a significant improvement compared to the previous month's 33-month low of 150,000, as reported by the Labor Department in its monthly employment report. Economists had predicted an addition of 172,500 jobs for November, according to consensus estimates compiled by FactSet. The increase in employment includes approximately 41,000 auto workers and actors. Yeah who return to their jobs after strikes. So let's see, if I'm going to shave off 41000 off of a buck ninety I'm back yeah, at 150 we are at 160 Dude, yeah, yeah, 160 yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the biggest increases were in government jobs. Oh, jeez, just what we yeah. need. Yeah. The Federal Reserve is expected to keep the federal funds target rate unchanged at 525 to 5.5% at the December 12 through 13 FOMC meeting. The Fed will be hesitant to endorse market expectations of significant rate cuts until they're confident that inflationary pressures have been subdued. Yeah, this jobs report has already pulled, pushed back expectations of the first rate cut from March to May. Okay? I think this is all crazy talk right now. I I really do. And uh, we'll talk about it more coming up in the uh, free-for-all. Well, Chip, today the United Nations Security Council convenes to address the deteriorating humanitarian situation in Gaza. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres has invoked Article 99 of the U.N. Charter to alert the U.N. Security Council about an impending, quote, humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza and has called for an immediate ceasefire. One of the primary concerns is the health care system's decline. Israel's security cabinet approved a limited increase in fuel supplies to Gaza, but global leaders and aid organizations are calling for more assistance to reach the region. The European Union is reportedly considering reopening a World Trade Organization case against the U.S. over a previous dispute involving steel and aluminum tariffs. During the Trump era, both the EU and the United States imposed tariffs on each other's goods, totaling over $10 billion. Chip, almost 60 U.S. ag and commodity groups are urging the U.S. Department of Commerce to either eliminate or further reduce import duties on phosphate fertilizer imports from Morocco. Yeah. Yeah. The Department of Commerce had previously lowered countervailing duties on Moroccan phosphate fertilizer to 2.12% after an administrative review. And, Chip, that was down from the previous rate of almost 20%. However, the reduction had a limited impact since Morocco largely halted shipments of the product to the United States. Right. Right. Very good. Hey, you know what? I've got one more that I want to add to the list here. Sure. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley uh, introduced the Protecting Interstate Commerce for Livestock Producers Act. And he says it is to protect farmers from costly regulations uh, made in other states that will hurt their business and drive up costs for consumers. So this is a Senate proposal to offset Prop 12 in California and Q3 in Massachusetts. Uh, 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 Farm Journal Pork editor Jennifer Scheich has got a report on this on www.porkbusiness.com. She couldn't join us this morning, but go to go to porkbusiness.com for the latest on that. We got the free-for-all coming up next here on Agritalk. Ross Bender is the director of new product development for the Mosaic Company. Ross, crops have growing stages that have different nutrient needs. What should growers think about to prepare for the corn sprint? One of your best friends in agriculture is planning and having a good, sound crop nutrition plan well in advance of the growing season. And the foundation of that crop nutrition program is mineral or balanced crop nutrition. But we have found that you can balance it and complement with biological tools and marrying best-in-class mineral nutrition sources with best-in-class biological tools helps growers realize the maximum yield potential of their program. All right, excellent. So how can biologicals help crops during that corn sprint? More or less, the biological tools help 
growers to ensure that their currently applied fertilizer or nutrition that they've applied in the past can become more plant available. These tools can be applied with the fertilizer, such as on dry fertilizer, and as in the case of a, a tool that we have called Power Coat, or in some cases within the same liquid program, in the case of Biopath. And basically those tools represent a consortium of microorganisms. In many cases, these are plant growth promoting organisms that help improve the availability and uptake of crop nutrients for that program. Fantastic, you know, this is such an important thing. There's huge interest out there from growers. Where can they go to learn more from Mosaic? I would suggest cornsprint.com, S-P-R-I-N-T. I'd also consider visiting with your local retailer or certified crop advisor to help build out a comprehensive crop nutrition plan. Fantastic, Ross, thank you. Cornsprint.com to learn more. Ross Bender is the Director of New Product Development at the Mosaic Company. This is Andrew McRae, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from Northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in our industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends from grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com. Ready for our little forest adventure? Yes! I want to be We're here! Whoa! That was fast! There's a forest closer than you think. Find a park or forest near you and music inspired by nature at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by USDA Forest Service and the Ad Council. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. You know, speaking of schedules, Davis. Yes, Chip. Your schedule really filled up for next week, didn't it? You know, it really did. Yeah. But I'm very yeah. excited about it. Well, very good. excited about it. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. that you're excited about it. I'm excited mm-hmm. about your schedule being full as well because that means that mine is not. That's right. That- <laughs> you are. You will. You will be out. Um, let's see. How shall we say this? Pra- practice, practicing some conservation. Exactly. Shall we say? Shall I'm we say? doing my part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am you're, doing my part. You're part of to, the solution. To mm-hmm. that's right. To manage uh, the population of those 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 wily whitetails out mm-hmm. there. So you'll be out there doing some uh, spaying and neutering, just like uh, Bob Barker recommended. Is that the idea? <laughs> well, no, hmm? we're not. We're not going to worry too much about that part. No, not so much. No, not so much. Not so. I much. guess that's one way to go. So, sure. Yeah, I'll be off next week, uh, doing uh, a little uh, uh, traipsing around out in the timber. Going to mm-hmm. be doing some wood cutting. Uh, just you know that stuff that I typically need to do get done this time of the year before it starts to get really cold. Right. Really cold. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I've got some great guests lined up. Um, the uh, the farmer Good. forum is already set. I've got some big ideas for next week's Friday free for all. Fantastic. Uh, you know, and we're and but at the same time, standard fare. You know, you yeah. you you've come to listen for machinery, Pete, on Monday mornings. Pete yep. will be there, and I will too. I hope you will as well, America. Fantastic. All right, let's get this free for all going. Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Chip, I'm, I'm doing great. I, I think Farm Journal is missing an opportunity here. Like, I, I feel like yep. Ag Day or some other program should be following yep. you around on this conservation trip that you're going on next. Yeah, That'd we've be done, great reality TV. We, we, we've done that that before. That's called Outdoors on the Farm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, I got to check that yeah. out then. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, ch- I, I'm check on, that out. I'm on full Otani watch here. This, I, I'm kind of distracted. I got to admit uh, my Toronto Blue Jays, who I'm an avid fan of, I've talked about before, they yep. are, they seem to be the front runner for Shohei Otani, and I am, uh, I'm a little giddy. It, is it a $600 million deal? That's the rumor. Right. That's, that's, that, that's what people are talking about. For sure, five. And, oh. uh, yeah. A Canadian, it'd be 800. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably even more than that, Paul. Let me tell you. <laughs> 
Paul, uh, Paul can, Lee for Farm CPA chiming in with the currency conversion. He's doing the numbers. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. doing the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I would expect nothing less from you. So that that's fantastic. Uh, that's awesome. It, you know, you, you look at what John Rom is supposedly yeah. got from the Live Tour yesterday, and you look at what uh, Otani is going to definitely get. There's the other Japanese pitcher that the Dodge or sorry the Mets and the Yankees are trying to get. Right. Like th- this is unfathomable money. I, I yes. it's just. It's insane. It's just, it's crazy. You wonder why ticket prices are so high. Yeah. Yeah. That picture from Japan, what, 300 million is what I hear? Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Holy yeah. smokes. And well, yeah. I'm trying to get the Cubs spend 25 million on a starter. Come on, boys. <laughs> let's get this done. Uh, 25 years old, 300 yeah. million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Yeah, like I said, that is Paul Neifer, Farm CPA. Davis is along for the ride yep. as well. We'll be chiming in. Um, I want to start with the ERP, the Emergency Relief Program and the Pandemic Assistance Program. <laughs> Paul, I, th- these are messes that I thought would have been cleaned up two weeks ago, and here we are. It, it's It got worse this week. Yeah, it definitely did. Now, Chip, I'm going to pretend like I'm a boxer. I can either throw a jab at USDA or I can throw a right cross or an upper cross uh, (laughs) or uppercut. Which would you prefer? Do you want me to just do the jab or do you want me to do a a, a right cross? How would you like me to handle this? Come out swinging. I just assume you come out swinging. Go ahead. Well, let's start with the PARP, you know, the Pandemic Assistance Relief Program. Um, you know, that this is more than a year old now. Mm-hmm. We knew we had to wait for 2020 ERP to finally get settled, which was done at the end of September, uh, because that payment that went out on that would reduce the amount that would go under PARP. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go back to the original report that was issued in the Federal Register describing the program, you know, basically the regulations for USDA, they indicated that they thought they'd get claims of about 2.662 million. I'm going to round it 2.7 billion, right. but they only had a budget of 250 million. Well, earlier this week, you know, somebody from FSA was doing an interview and said, hey, these claims that we got were 10 times higher than we thought they were going to be. They're at 2.7 billion. Well, no, that's what you expected was 2.7 right. billion. And you only had a budget of 250 million. So, you know, this is double speak basically. So um, I, what they need to do is issue the checks based on 250 million. If they find more money then top everybody off, you know, right. you've laid this way too long. Uh, now, that's the PARP. Well, That's probably the minor one that we're, well, I don't know if it's minor, you know, 250 million is, is, is major for us, but for sure. them, it's a rounding error. So I, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that before I jump into 2022 no, jump ERP. In, jump into the 22 ERP because they both go together. Yeah. And so, and we've discussed this a little bit before, but yep. I know the Senate ag committee, John Newton had, had, uh, uh, tweeted out or LinkedIn out, and there's a blog post that they did. It had a really good chart. So, and I actually reproduced the link to it on on AgWeb yesterday. And I know Jim Weesmeyer is, is had yep. a link to it too. But it had a really several really good charts showing the, you know, there's a according to USDA, there's about 200 and I'm I'm speaking roughly 210,000 farmers that are going to get ERP. 175,000 of these farmers are going to get a little bit more than they would have under 2020 and 2021 ERP. And then 35,000 are going to get less. Now, if it's a little bit less, I think nobody would be complaining. But the people that are getting a little bit more, it's like an extra 500 bucks, an extra 1,000 bucks. Yeah, to get get their, their full payments up to what? 6,000, 5,000, something like that? Yeah. Now the ones that would have gotten a hundred thousand because they really had a large loss under the old ERP, they'd get a hundred thousand. Under the new ERP, they'd be lucky to get ten grand. Right. And and that chart just shows how disparate this is. And you know, FSA is saying, well, hey, that's a problem with Congress because they didn't give us enough money. Well, even on 2020 and 2021 ERP, they didn't yeah. fully fund the losses. Right. They funded about 50% of the losses. So that's double speak. So 
you know, the, the spin out of FSA and USDA on these two programs is just going out of control. Well, what's and- the purpose and the reason for the progressive payment factor? Well, I, I, I think based on the interview I saw, it seems like USDA says, hey, we really want to reward these 175,000 farmers that might grow 30 or 40 or $50,000 worth of of products, you know, the 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 ones that provide up to maybe 10% of our of our uh, ag products. And so we're going to reward them as well as we can. And then what's left over, we're going to allocate to everybody else that provides 80 or 90% of our crops. So I think that's how they did it. Now, probably not, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. What's happened to the underserved designation here? Uh, Still, we're working on the fact that if you are, and let's, let's be blunt, if you're a white male, Mm-hmm. You get no reimbursement of your crop insurance premium at all. If you're anybody else, you're going to get basically 75% of your premiums that you paid in during the year are going to be reimbursed. Now, why do I say 75%? They're going to get 100%, but then there's an automatic 25% discount. So, yeah. uh, and I I think Seems you know, fair. If Congress if Congress can go in and and get this change great if not there's going to be some lawsuits filed nobody's going to get a payment this year on 2022 yeah. ERP because this is or it's parp just a at this right point now. yeah parp isn't uh, well, going to be made in 23 either I no, mean that's no. that's all getting pushed out to 24 yeah yeah and how so, did we get here Haney I was going to say how did we get here <laughs> I was going to ask you. I, I don't know. It's it, just when incredible. We're applying, yeah, when we're applying these filters to farm assistance programs, in in the case of trying to cover losses, I some of these factors, I don't understand how they are a part of the calculation. Right. Well, now, in, ter- in terms of some politi- programming, I get it. But in this case, I don't understand it. Right. And, and politically, what's a worse word you could pick besides the word progressive on this payment? Oh. I mean, what okay. what? Is there any other word that would be more inflammatory to farmers and others than the word progressive? Right. right. The right. woke ERP program? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. So here, guys, I saw USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack at a press conference in in uh, the middle of November. And he talked a long time about how things have favored the 11% of farmers that produce 87% of food for too long. I, yeah. That's and, what this that, is aimed at. Yeah, this he, is exactly what it's about. It, it, it is big as bad. It is big as bad. Free for All continues next. There I was, driving along when I saw the corn laying down in the field, goosenecked again. Even though I tried everything, New traits, existing soil insecticides. Every corn grower knows the hassle of gooseneck corn. But now there's Nerisma insecticide from BASF, a better, stronger infero insecticide that controls corn rootworm and below ground pests. Stand up for your corn with Nerisma insecticide. Ask your authorized BASF retailer about Nerisma and always read and follow label directions. Uh oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> And now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer Editor Brian Grady. Beach, uh, we got reports coming up in a half an hour. We had export sales announced this morning. How are the markets dealing with all that? Well, uh, another SRW sale to China. And uh, so now, you know, we're over a million tons this week and and uh the market is is under some pressure so uh, you know I, I think the chinese stuff is in the market for the moment yeah. and, and now we'll wait and see if usda does anything with its export forecast as i mentioned uh, uh when i was on the show earlier uh, this week that mm-hmm. um you know it's the lowest since 1971-72 and and so um that that's a really low bar to have to get over so we'll see if usda does anything with its export forecast but really um 
in the grand scheme of things, uh, traders aren't anticipating much in, in terms of uh, uh, changes to domestic use. Now, keep in mind, no no corn and soybean forecasts this month. Right. Uh, so uh, just cotton on the production side of things. We got beans trading to the upside. We've got meal trading to the upside. And despite the fact that WTI crude is sharply higher, soybean oil has turned around from trading higher early and trading lower now. Yeah, uh, just spreading action there okay. here to finish out the week, Chip. And, and so that soy complex, uh, pretty active spreading actually here at mid-morning gotcha. in, in rather inactive trade. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Take us to the livestock trade. Well, uh, we have corrective gains going, strong corrective gains in both live cattle and feeder cattle. The question is whether we can hold on to them or not into the close and into the weekend uh, because it seems like uh, just a really heavy sellers mentality right yep. now anytime we see price strength uh, they seem to be jumping on it with uh, fresh selling so we'll see if that continues and then really quiet and narrow yeah. the next trade in hog futures here at mid-morning gotcha have a great weekend brian that is pro farmer editor brian grady on markets now I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report, the only weekend television show that features some of agriculture's biggest names. From custom commentary from John Phipps to the stories of antique iron with Machinery Pete to a list of more than 30 marketing analysts, our weekly program focuses on the topics that matter most to you. We invite you to join us each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. Hey, I'm Reba McIntyre. Growing up in Oklahoma, I had big dreams of becoming a successful country music singer. But I also knew the odds were against me and that I needed an education to fall back on. Studying never got in the way of my dreams. In fact, school gave me lots of opportunities I wouldn't have had otherwise with my career. Please stay in school and try your best. You never know where a good education might take you. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Jeff. Glad that you are with us on this Friday morning. We got a free-for-all going. Sean Haney. Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio, and the farm CPA, Paul Neifer. Uh, of course, Davis is here as well. Had the employment report for November out this morning. Davis talked it, gave us details in the news. Uh, mm-hmm. Non-farm payrolls up 199,000. Trade expected roughly 175 to 180,000. 40,000 of the increase in that was because of the auto workers and the actors coming back to work. A lot of the there was a huge increase in government jobs, unemployment rate down 0.2 to 3.7% in November, average hourly earnings up 0.4%, annual increase in wages 4%. And all of a sudden, guys, we're talking about the first interest rate cut from the Fed being pushed back from March to May because of this strong jobs report. What's your take, Haney? Yeah, I think so. You, if you you look at the unemployment number, the the fact it receded is probably an indication and supports that that is going to happen. And as stubborn kind of as the Fed has been as of late to raise rates further, yep. we're likely to see that they're going to be just as stubborn to begin the decreases. And uh, for people that are banking on you know the beginning of some steep cuts in in Q one of twenty four, I think. You know, this report is going to have them a little bit frustrated. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you, out in the countryside, uh, affordability is a big issue. And not oh, just in the U.S., but also in other G7 countries right now. People are really, really, you know, they're going to want to see from a from a discretionary income standpoint, mm-hmm. these rates start to come down to provide some relief. Well, Chip, I would argue these numbers aren't all that good. I mean, the expectation was a one 172.5. Came in at a 199, but 41,000 from auto workers and actors. Uh, a, another good chunk of that is uh, government workers. And then, how many times have we seen revisions to these numbers yeah. in the upcoming report? So yeah. you you ding 41,000. Let's say it's 10,000 
federal employees that are added to this list now. You revise it down. Where do you take them out? I don't think it's that great. I think the unemployment number, though, Davis, is is what a a lot of people are going to focus on relative to the rate Mm -hmm. decision. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I think that is probably right. Now, here's the thing. Um, I th- when we talked with Vince Malanga earlier this week from LaSalle Economics, it it uh, was his idea was listen, the those that are thinking the Fed will be aggressive in cutting rates are are looking at at potentially a cut in March. Uh, May would be more realistic for those that are aggressive in thinking about it. My argument is until the economy shows need for some stimulus, I don't think the Fed's going to cut rates. You got to hold that back. You got to hold it back because if you cut rates too soon, just simply because, well, okay, everything is fine. We've hit our target. If you cut rates, then you don't, you're, 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 you know, you're shooting your your bullets, and yeah. you got to have something left. Well, and I think we also have to realize rates are probably, you know, if inflation is two to three percent, then you add on three percent. You know, where five to six percent is where the Fed needs to be, and you know that's probably about where we're at right now. We just got so hooked on, you know, it's like a crack cocaine addict. We got hooked on on artificially suppressed low rates for 15 years. And we thought that that's the new norm and it's yeah. not, we need to go back to what the norm is. And, and that's, I think that's where the fed wants to be at. And I, I agree chip and, and, and Sean, I don't think they're going to cut rates very much or very quickly. Yeah. Your, your, your bullet example chip is a good one. Is that, you know, they have a lot of room to go to the upside as high, you know, not as high yeah. as they want to go, but there's a, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of room. Yeah. When they start to cut, there's only so far you can go, and so right. they're, they're going to be quite disciplined and and be patient on this. I, I agree with I you. Th- yes, you got to be, because what if you go okay over the course uh, between be, between May and May of 2025, we get a full point cut. So here we sit at a four to four and a half percent Fed funds rate, and then the economy just doesn't react it and it's struggling and now you got to cut rates to to incentivize economic growth you you only got four points to work with that's not enough it's not enough um i just love about- i love fed speak uh one last yes. thing i love fed speak powell said it would be premature to conclude with confidence that we have achieved a sufficiently restrictive stance I need to put that through. One of like uh, Davis must have like a machine that interprets things. I, I like, that, that's quite the sentence. Yeah, not even that agri-computer is. can untangle that. Right, yeah. right. Okay, so talking well, about the affordability issues out there. Uh, remember Home Alone? Okay. Yep. Oh, the movie. Yeah. Kevin Kevin McAllister. And, and by the way, nobody forgets the youngest kid. I, I just want to. That that's the flaw in that movie everybody's looking out for the youngest one. That's the baby of the family. It would have been mm-hmm. more realistic if it was a middle kid that was left behind. Okay. With that said, <laughs> remember he goes and buys groceries. He gets a half a gallon of milk, a half gallon of orange juice, bread, TV dinner, frozen mac and cheese, toilet paper, laundry detergent, cling wrap, a pack of army men, and dryer sheets. It, in 1990, it cost him a total of nineteen dollars and eighty three cents. Today, today, seventy two dollars and twenty eight cents. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Now a yeah. year ago, a year ago, it would have been forty four dollars and forty cents. Yeah. But was... today, it's seventy two dollars and twenty eight. Think of that. Well, it, it... The affordability go, of this in this country stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just think if you go into a service station and want to get a candy bar, you know, yeah. two years ago it was ninety nine cents. Now it's two forty nine. Right, right. Um, it, it, it has, it has gone off the charts. Uh, the, you know, the, yes, the rate of inflation is, is slowing. It doesn't mean that things are getting cheaper. 
And when you compound this, Davis, you and I had this conversation mm-hmm. six weeks ago, something like that. When when you compound this rate of inflation, the affordability issue is really taking a bite. And guys, it's going to hit farming, isn't it, Nefer? It's going to hit farming yeah. because you you look at how quickly working capital is coming out of farming right now and what it means for those costs in 2024 crop it's going to be an issue dude isn't it yeah yeah especially now granted fertilizers come down but we know seed has not come down uh we know that uh, uh chemicals really haven't come down we know that labor certainly hasn't come down right. and Equipment. machinery has not come down right. so uh yeah, we got one input out of five, and and let's talk about cash rents. You know, we're we're seeing four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollar cash rents in in yep. the Midwest. You know, on good corn ground, so that's not coming down anytime soon. Right. Yeah. You know, for for farms that have networking or you know they've got strong cash positions. Mm-hmm. There, there, you you have to look ahead and think in twenty four, twenty five could be the land of opportunity yep. for for some of those farms that have really, really good balance sheets. And I agree, these input prices are going to be sticky. The the drought, you know, and the lack of fungicide used through parts of the corn belt last year, that, that fungicide is still sitting in warehouses that wasn't used. And it's it's got a higher cost attached to it based on some of the impacts of the pandemic. And so those prices are, you know, th- th- that product is bought and paid for. It, it's going to be very sticky and not just, you know, drop to the downside um, to to get on to, to farm. So uh, th- this is one of those things where pr- when prices go up, they move very quickly. Yep. And on the downside, they're going to move much slower. Right. Well, and right. Chip, I'm reminded yeah. of our conversation yesterday with Sean Hackett, uh, where he's, he, he suggested commodities lead inflation upward. We like that idea. Mm-hmm. But then they also lead inflation back to the downside there. When you talk about right. a, a rough year for farmers, farmers need to watch the balance sheet. That, that might be playing into it. Yeah. yeah. But, but and, he's also of the know- opinion that the conditions down in South America are mm-hmm. going to send these commodity prices back to the upside. That's right. Mm. Yeah. But we also thought last year that the U.S. had a big drought and that Corn yields and soybean yields would reflect it accordingly. Is you is South America going to reflect the same next year? In that maybe their yields are going to be better than we thought, right? I oh it you you want to talk about prove it uh, a prove it attitude? I'm hearing nothing, but you got to prove it attitude when it comes to the talk of drought in in uh, South America. Now for corn. It's different because if it's if it's dry and pushes back the harvest of of the beans to delay the planting of the safrina corn crop, they just won't plant it. So right. I mean, if it's not if it's not planted, it's not going to lose any yield. Of course, their their crop will be smaller, and that is the kind of story that could change the narrative in the corn market going forward which could bring some of that commodity inflation back in. And by the way, if the Biden administration has decided now is the time to start to refill the strategic petroleum reserve, as is being rumored, that could put a boost into the crude oil market and and could start some of the Biden economic inflationary pressures once again. We're going to wrap up the free-for-all. We got Haney, Niefer, Michelson, and me right here on AgriTalk. The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail. Cancer can feel like something we can't do anything about, but you can. There are screening tests that can catch cancer early when it may be easier to treat. Begin cervical screening at age 25. 
At 45, start colorectal and breast screening. At 50, discuss lung screening with a doctor. Find resources for free and low-cost screening at cancer.org slash get screened. This is a public service message from the American Cancer Society. Hi, I'm Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths, and I invite you to join me each morning as we cover the nation's food system, from fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between. America runs on agriculture, and here at Ag Day, agriculture is what we do best. Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Dr. Keith Kinsley is the technical services manager for Christian Hansen. Dr. Kinsley, okay, hog producers, making each dollar spent more economical is important. How can probiotics help producers be more efficient? For hog producers specifically, getting as many pigs as I can out the door as cost effectively as possible. It's all part of the same discussion. Okay, what do probiotics do for hogs? Yeah, from the probiotic standpoint, what we're looking at is the digestive capabilities, the barrier function capabilities, immune capabilities, and microbiome interactions. All of those, if we can get them pulling in the same direction, that's where we can really approach what potential could be for these animals and and start talking about efficiency in everyday activities. All right, excellent. Tell me about BioPlus 2B. What is it? What does it do? Yeah, so BioPlus 2B is a bacillus-based probiotic, two strains of bacillus that is utilized, delivered to these animals in feed to help support all of those functions just mentioned, the digestive function, help to enhance the digestibility of feedstuffs, help to support that barrier function, and help to interact with that microbiota, support the proper microbiota and immune response in these animals to help keep them on the right track and maybe build a little bit more forgiveness into the everyday challenges that occur in our industry. All right, excellent. Uh, Dr. Kinsley, where can listeners go for more information? chr-hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N.com. And from there, you should read your landing page that would direct you to our uh, species-specific pages, and you can get some more information on BioPlus 2B there. Excellent. Thank you so much. That is Dr. Keith Kinsley. He is the Technical Services Manager for Christian Hansen. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today and learn about the latest CGM technology. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and help you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And if you have Medicare, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Paid for by U.S. Medical Supply. Call 800-556-9015. That's 800-556-9015. Again, 800-556-9015. That's 800-556-9015. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to the free-for-all. All right. Uh, we've got Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio, Paul Neifer, the farm CPA, Davis Michelson, and me, your host, Chip Flory. Uh, real quick, Haney, any update on Otani? Nothing yet, Chip, but uh, okay. can you imagine being a baseball reporter tracking all this? It's just, yeah, well, crazy. Yeah, so I just Googled Otani News, and there are, like, all kinds of updates. 
one from two minutes ago, six minutes ago, seven minutes ago. Uh, yeah, it's it's coming fast and furious now. There's there's no question. Did you guys watch the Republican debate earlier this week? I attempted not to. I, I I'm I'm with Sean. I that that just doesn't uh, rise to my level wanting to view. And Chip, okay. it's a hat trick of abstinence here. I didn't watch it either. Okay, I tried. Um, it just seems silly without Trump on the stage, doesn't it? Yeah. Is I, it Nikki's in the lead as far as the remaining uh, what four? Right, right. Mm-hmm. As I understand it, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy did him did did not do well in this one, and that yeah. would would be like the first one. Well, I, I think that on him, I think everyone just thinks at this point he is just auditioning to be in the Trump cabinet. Right. Is kind of what how people are sort of taking him. Uh, Haley is definitely displaced DeSantis. I, I found it interesting watching that Iowa State Iowa basketball game. They're still running yeah. commercials of Governor Kim Reynolds supporting DeSantis. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. You should live in the state and see how many times that commercial is run. Yeah. And is, yeah. it, is it moving the needle at all? Um, well, how much did I, his debate I don't with, think so. with California right. Governor Gavin Newsom move the needle at all? Uh, by all reports, it was, See, it was a pretty solid performance from DeSantis. And yeah. where's the bump? What's the point? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And on the Democrat side, there are more influencers that are – are basically saying, hey, Joe, it's time to move on. Step aside. You're at 37% approval rating. This is not looking yeah. good. I appreciate your support, but you can't win. Well, and, and the only, well, and I shouldn't, maybe one of the only cards that Biden had to play was that, yeah, but I'm the guy that can beat Trump. Right. And the polls are not showing no, that anymore now. That, no, that that's no. done with. And so well, I, I think this pressure is going to do nothing but increase for him to to step aside. Yeah. Yeah. They asked him but, this but, week, are you the only one that could beat Trump? Nah, there's 50 others in the Democrat Party that could beat Trump. Where did that come yeah. from? Yeah. So, yeah, well, the last sitting president we had that that did decline to run, wasn't it Lyndon Johnson? Yeah. And he pulled out That's, in March. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and and Joe's got enough of an ego that uh, hey, as long as I am, I'm gonna. He's always been this way. So I, I, yeah. I personally think because I, I, I'm the president. You can't tell me what to do. Right. Yeah. That's that's right. And you it's know, one of the most powerful jobs in the world. And yeah. so for. You know, let's be honest, a lot of people are in D.C. because of power and 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 for someone to walk away, even with the numbers that he has, for somebody to walk away from that role, it's a real test and he's going to face it. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, I just got to mention the investigation is tightening on uh, tightening their case on Hunter Biden, nine new charges. I believe out of yeah. California announced this morning. Uh, it, it's uh, that that's that's going to add to uh, the difficulty uh, for for Joe Biden going forward, and I, I don't think there's any question. Hey, uh, what did you guys think of Taylor Swift being named the Time Person of the Year? I all I can say is she is really riding the Kelsey wave, isn't she? Well, uh-huh. I think it's affecting his football performance, isn't it? You think? <laughs> you think? Some are arguing that it is. Well, well now, maybe wait, on the bye wait. week you shouldn't be in South America on tour. Maybe you should be working on some of those drop passes. Uh, and well, I, I guess what one thing is, my wife, you know, the the week that and my wife does not like football, <laughs> but the week that the Eagles and the Chiefs played on Monday night, she says to me, you know, we have to make sure we watch Monday Night Football tonight. It's the family reunion. I had no idea what the heck she was even talking about. What, like, you know what is frozen over? My wife's watching football. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching it, too. I got to say, as a musician, man, it's about time we got somebody up there. Person of the year as a musician, that's awesome. 
as a uh, as a professional and an analyst, I am horrified at where our society is at. That this is this is the, the best person we can come up. She's fine, and nothing against her. Right? She's a singer. She's a singer. She's but, a singer. But she is I, first what, first what woman this, billionaire singer or something this, like that. Yeah, well, she's going to make you know, a billion. That. This is yeah, this is going to make awesome. me sound super soft, and I don't <laughs> care. And Here I don't care. Do it. All right. The reason they picked her is because of the influence that she has on countless fans, billions. Here we are talking about her. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know the last time that I've listened to a Taylor Swift song. I wouldn't know it if it came on the radio right now, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, but nonetheless, well, the only they reason we're talking somebody... about is you brought her up. So. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Busted, Flory. Okay, but. But they picked someone that is representative of, I think, of some hope and some better times. And let's not take ourselves quite so seriously. Let's look a little bit more for the fun in life. I love that. (laughs) Yep. We should be playing Nickelback right now. We need to clear your palate, buddy, so you can think straight. I didn't know that Flory was such a Swifty. <laughs> I, I just, you know, okay, maybe it was super soft. Woo-hoo! I don't know. You guys, Kansas great City job is today. the land of magic. Great job today. Appreciate you all. Thank you, Haney. All the best, everybody. Thanks, Nefer. You're welcome. Have a happy holiday. You bet. That's Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio. Paul Nefer, CP, Farm CPA. Uh, Davis and uh, well, I'll be back this afternoon. Uh, yes, we'll go through the USDA reports with Chad Hart from Iowa State University. Davis and Michelle Rook will have you covered next week right here on AgriTalk. Uh oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh yeah, yeah. He's starting with the woots. <laughs> <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart, heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is Andrew McRae, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from Northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in our industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends from grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com.